0: Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the Football South Coast Weekly. The second round of fixtures in the Illawarra Mercury Premier League saw four games played on Friday with Wollongong United starting their title defence with a 4-2 win over Coromel at Memorial Park. Mitsu Yamada was the star of the show, scoring a hat-trick for the visitors. Wollongong United also played their catch-up match with Tarawana on Tuesday night, picking up a 5-1 win over the Blueys. Wollongong Olympic made two wins from their opening two matches, dispatching Grunjula 4-1 at the PCYC. Josh McDonald scored his first goal for the club in the dying moments of the match. Bulleye earned their first win of the season, defeating Tarawana 4-1 at Tarawana Oval, with Ben McDonald scoring a brace for the Frat Club Cup champions. On Saturday, Albion Park were held to a 1-all stalemate with Bilambi at Terry Reserve, while Coniston edged past South Coast United 2-1 at Ian McLennan Park. In what was probably the game of the round, Winuna gave up a three-goal advantage to draw 4-all with Port Kembler at Ocean Park. On his return to the Sharks, Corey Haynes-Gross netted twice, while Jordan Nikolovski also scored twice for the second week running for Port Kembler. Nathan Turner spoke with Winuna coach Dan McGoldrick after the match.
1: But maybe not the finish you wanted to that game, but you, started, you sure did start it very strongly. Yeah, I thought our attack clicked into gear
2: very, very well. Uh, I'd had the fortune of watching Port play the week before, and so I thought there might have been opportunities down those flanks and in behind them, and uh, that proved to be the case certainly in the first half. But I knew that with the breeze and with Bryce kicking as long as he can, that it was always going to be turning us around turning us around and uh, we didn't deal with it very well unfortunately a couple of mistakes at the back there two goals that came directly from, from kicks from a goalkeeper now uh, you've got to question your defense there and say well you know, what, what are we doing why aren't we working together so for me it feels like a loss not a draw uh, very disappointing because i thought the goals we scored were good goals we built up play whereas the goals we conceded nice finishes by the guys that, that finished them, but they came off the back of our mistakes, you know. And uh, that was something last year that we didn't do a lot of. We didn't make a lot of those mistakes in the back third of the field. Um, though you know, it's the first game of the season, so you know, probably in days gone by we would have lost it. We, we had a chance there at the end to snuck a fifth goal but then they they did too so I mean you know Taylor two halves and um, um, as a result you know uh, you know they deserve their point uh, I, I can't say we deserve to win because uh, you can't just play for one half of football you 've got to play for ninety minutes and to be honest some of our guys were a little bit leg weary and uh, it showed and uh, and they just uh, stuck to their guns and uh, you know, that, that's there's no formula for having to play good football. It's just effective football, and that's what they did, and they, they got their uh, got their draw.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said mentioned how your boys got a bit of tired legs towards the end. You reckon that was given that you missed last week's game, the first game of the season? Yeah, or?
2: yeah I, I, I do. I, I think the fact that we we haven't had a competitive game because of weather for three three weeks or so. Uh, we play inner club games, but it's not the same as playing against uh, you know a, another hardened first grade side. And uh, I think at that back end, that last, particularly the last 10 minutes of the game, a lot of the boys were very heavy legged. Uh, we've been training on the backfields here, and the grass has been very, very long. So uh, that hasn't helped, but it's not an excuse because. Uh, Defence is about attitude as much as anything else and, and this pitch was good to play on. it's the best our field has ever been in the state it's in now so oh, I've got no excuses um, you know uh, tactically we may have uh, you know we've had to make substitutions based on, on injury and, and the fact that guys were dying and
1: uh, it didn't quite work out but
2: um, now we live to fight another day.
1: A positive sign, Corey Hans Gross coming back into the side, two goals,
2: two assists. Two goals, yeah. two assists, and the good thing about that is, is that two seasons ago when Corey was here, he wouldn't have passed those two balls for <laughs> the assists, he would have had the shots. And uh, so, I'm really proud of him for, for the two cutbacks that uh, got Robbie Gordiosi his two goals. Uh, Rob had the chance at the end, one on one with Bryce. I would have liked to, to have pulled the ball down and tried to go around him, but. It's easy said. easy game on the sidelines. So, uh, but it shouldn't have come down to that to be perfectly honest. Even at four-two, I thought we were comfortable. But uh, you could see the legs were getting heavy. Having a turn and chase, turn and chase. And uh, to
0: Port's credit, they uh, they stuck to their guns and uh, and they finished well. Moving on to the district league, where Shell Cove battered Berkeley seven-nil at Barrack Heights Sports Field. Kyama drew one-all with Barilla at home as University earned an impressive 4-2 victory over Oak Flats, with Christopher Twigg scoring a late brace at Kulabong Oval. Fern Hill defeated Picton 3-1, with Daniel Jukic scoring two goals for the Foxes at Ray Robinson Field. Helensburg played their first match of the season, convincingly defeating Balgauni 4-0 at Rex Jackson Oval. Brad Watts found the net just two minutes into his return for the Thistle. Yunandera also got a win in their first match of the campaign, edging past the Rule 2-1 at Thomas Gibson Park. I will now move on to a preview of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League and Nathan Turner joins me again. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Tim. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. So we'll begin with a game on Friday night. Kringilla against Tarawana at Cream Park. So, Cringilla, this will be their first home game of the campaign after two away defeats to two of the top sides, you would say, in Albion Park and Wollongong Olympic. Most recently, that 4-1 defeat to Wollongong Olympic. Uh, it has been a difficult start for the Lions, albeit against, as I've just mentioned, two of the favourites for the title this year. I mean, Nathan, what have you made of Cringilla so far here?
1: Yeah, look, I know no team wants to sort of start out the campaign for two losses from two, but um, I mean... You say that they've had a couple of losses against two really good teams, and I'll give them credits for it. Um, they were only down two one to Wellington Olympic until the ninetieth minute. Before um, there was two late goals from Olympic, um, so that, like they did really well there to sort of close them out in that one. And and it was only one 0 I believe, in the first round against Albion Park as well. So uh, two losses probably doesn't sort of justify the gains because they did versus. The- Two of the best teams in the competition. So, um, obviously, promising signs to come for Conjillo if they can pick up a few points against uh, lower teams on the table. Yeah, and it has been a similarly poor
0: start for the Blueies A 4-1 defeat to Bulleye, followed by a midweek 5-1 defeat to Wollongong United. I guess you could say that both sides are really struggling for form heading into this one, and it could be a great opportunity for other side to pick up their first win of the campaign here.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a good weekend for Tarawana. Um, two losses from two. They played on Easter Friday with that 4-1 defeat to Bullo before that catch-up game against Wollongong United on Tuesday night where they went down 5-1 uh, after that catch-up game from round one. So, yeah, definitely not the start that Tarawana would have wanted, but a good opportunity for them to bounce back this weekend. Uh, obviously, Cringilla also having uh, zero wins from the two games as well. So, it's really a big opportunity for, for either side to, to get their season uh, kick-started.
0: Yeah, I think I will say the Blues to, to pick up the win in this one. I just feel that, you know, they, they do have a lot of quality and they've, you know, come up against two really top teams so far. But, I mean, they did make the finals last year and they do have, a, you know, a really promising squad this year. And I just feel that this is a great opportunity for them to, to go and pick up their first win of the uh, season.
1: Yeah, look, I might go uh, different to you, Tim. I'm going to I to back Kringula for this one. Um, I just think uh, they're... Performances in the first two games against you know two of the best teams in the competition that have have shown a bit of promise and, and passion in the game. Um, you know only one nil defeat to Albion Park White Eagles and they sort of ca- caught them out for a, for a lot of a majority of the game. And uh, then again against Wollongong Olympic where it was uh, nil or at halftime um, before those five second half goals. But as I said mentioned before, it was only you know two one until the the last minute in stoppages. So um, big wraps to them for going forward. So I think Cronjilla will take the win. And
0: moving on to the first game on Saturday, and I guess definitely the game of the round, really. Bulleye against Wollongong United at Bulls Paddock. So looking at Bulleye, they did pick up their first win of the campaign with that convincing 4-1 win against Tarawana. Uh, ben McDonald did pick up a brace in that one, and Nick Littler also got his first goal for the club. Uh, it, it's another tricky game against another title rival, Wollongong United. Of course, they've already played Wollongong Olympic. Do you think it's a similar sort of challenge here for Bulleye?
1: Yeah, this is a massive game, Tim. Um, obviously, Bulai playing that Wollongong Olympic game in the first round and going down to it, so they'll be wanting to sort of make amends for, for that one and, and wanting to beat you know virtually one of the best teams in the comp in Wollongong United. You know, they've started very strong, two wins from two. So, um, you know, big raps to Ben McDonald as well for for opening his account for the 2021 season. I know what a um, clinical goal scorer he is. So, if he can get firing continuing this season, then yeah, they're going to look really good. And moving on to Wollongong United, they
0: did back up that 4-2 win against Coromel with Mitsu Yamada netting a hat-trick with that 5-1 win against Tarawana in midweek. Nathan, that's nine goals in their opening two games, which does see them on top of the table. They are looking really strong again this year, but it will be interesting to see how they go up against a, a side that's sort of similar in stature in terms of the
1: squads this year. Yeah, massive start for Wollongong United, as I said. Uh, Two wins from two, nine goals. What more could you want? Um, Brilliant, brilliant start to the campaign for Wollongong United. And, and, yeah, I mean, as you said, they're versing a very sort of similar structure for them. Um, Probably two of the big powerhouse teams this year uh, in the competition. Uh, So does make amends for a massive game. And, and we look back at last year, then, then the three games that Wollongong United and Bullo played. And, and there were some great ones too, including that Burt Bimpton Cup final too. So um, yeah, it could go either way, but it's going to be a huge one.
0: And what are you thinking here in terms of a prediction for this one?
1: Yeah, as I said, it's a tough one to pick. So it um, could go either way, but I might pack uh, Bulleye in this one. I just think, you know, the quality going forward from them in recent weeks has just been just as good as Wollongong United. Um, obviously that first game wasn't too good, but they've got the quality to, um, you know, score the goals up top between, you know, Ben McDonald and Luke Van Zyl as well, uh, as well as uh, Joel Beattie uh, up top for him too. So uh, I'm going to back Bulleye.
0: Yeah, I think I'll say Wollongong United for this one. I just feel that the first two games of the season, they've shown so much quality and I think they're showing a real sort of goal-scoring form as well. And I think that could be a really beneficial thing for them heading into this game. So I'm going to say United for the win in this one. Moving on to another game on Saturday, Coniston against Wanuna at JJ Kelly Park. So Coniston did make it two wins from two with that 2-1 win against South Coast United and I was at the game and I didn't really feel that they were perhaps at their absolute best, but I did feel that South Coast United also put in a, a pretty a pretty decent performance from themselves as well. Now, this is an opportunity for them to make it three from three before heading into quite a, a tough run of fixtures playing Albion Park, Wollongong Olympic, uh, Wollongong United and boy in four of the next five matches. So, do you think, from that perspective, Nathan, this could be an opportunity to really give themselves a boost heading into what is a,
1: a really difficult run of fixtures? Yeah, hundred um, percent. We said how you know promising, consistent look at the start of the season, and they've sort of shown that in their first two games. Um, yeah, obviously it's only a two-one win against South Coast United, but credits to to South Coast as well for sticking it out. But you know, good teams make make do with the performances and they get the win. So they picked up the three points. That's all you can ask for. Um, obviously going to build up into this weekend, which is another big contest against Wununa. Um, so yeah, if they can, you know, build from from last weekend, a little bit better into this, this game against the, the Sharks and build momentum there. Yeah, they could be looking very promising in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, moving on to the Sharks here. They did play their first game of the campaign and it was a four-all draw. With Port Kembla despite being 4 1 up. Now, Corey Hensgross, he did play and on his return to the side, he netted a brace. But you were at the game, Nathan, and you would think with Winuna being 4 1 up with roughly 10 minutes to play, you'd think they would be bitterly disappointed not to come away with a win in that one.
1: 100%, Tim. I did speak with uh, Winuna coach, Dan McGoldrick, after the game and he was absolutely gutted. was just yeah one of those games where a couple of mistakes at the back, which is you know not something Winona quite uh, do quite often as well, that Port sort of pounced on it and got those three goals in the dying stages as well, um, but. On a positive note, they did score four goals, which is better than what they did all of last season. Um, and that's a big, big wraps to their, um, you know, Corey haynes Gross returning to the side. Um, you said he netted a brace, but he also set up the other two as well. So he was he had his hand in all four goals. So that's a massive positive for Anunna.
0: Well, I think that is one of the things that we did speak about at the start of the year is that if they could get Corey Haynes Gross scoring goals and continue on with the, the defensive solidity that we had seen as well, you know, they, they'd be a real force in the division. Of course, it hasn't quite worked out here shipping four goals. But you would say if they can get it right at the back like they did last year, it'd really set them up to have another great year this year. And uh, I, I think I will back Winona here to pick up the win. I just feel that the, the way that they attack so well against Port Kembla, and I think that, you know, they'll be really disappointed with the way that they weren't able to defend as well as they would have liked here. And I think this presents a real opportunity for them to, to sort of get it right at the back and also correct up front and sort of get that statement win to, to start this campaign.
1: Yeah, look, I'm going to completely agree with you, Tim. Um, obviously, their, their attack was was phenomenal in the first half. As um, obviously just a team letting slip at the back at the second. A couple of mistakes, which they'll probably definitely address. Um, and as mentioned before, it's not like they're a team that usually make those mistakes. They're usually pretty uh, sturdy at the back as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to back Wununa as well.
0: Moving on to a game on Saturday night, South Coast United against Coromel at Ian McLennan Park. So uh, South Coast United they did put in a, a really promising performance I felt against Coniston and Coniston sort of scored with it a few minutes before half time and I felt that really was a bit of a sucker punch uh, because I thought that they you know they had played quite well up until that point there so it was definitely a promising sign for for South Coast United in that game. Yeah,
1: it was a massive improvement after that round one fixture against Port Kembla for South Coast. Um, obviously, a lot of people were saying how good Port Kembla were in that game, but not sort of how much. Uh, how poor that South Coast were, um, and to turn it around against a, a pretty determined effort against a you know a top side in Coniston this season as well, which uh, very promising for the weeks to come, and and um, obviously against sort of the lower teams as well, they might be able to pick a result here and there with a bit of confidence and momentum going forward too.
0: Yeah, and just looking at Coromandel here, I mean it was the four-two defeat to Wollongong United, and to be fair, they did bring it back from 3 0 down to 3-2 but I think the, the major point that has come out of their opening two games is the fact that they have now conceded the most goals in the division with seven but I do think here that we did see with you know Albion Park who were also coached by Goran Trajewski and Chris Peros that in the early weeks that they were there there were also those same defensive issues but they kind of sorted that out and sort of made a really good run to, towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, Tim, that's very it's a very interesting point actually. Um, because yeah, obviously we looked at Albion Park White Eagles last year before they brought um, those coaches in, and and they weren't going too well at the start of the season, and they just they began to turn things around and end up, um, you know, being one game away from the grand final. So, um, yeah, it's it's a big worry for the Rangers at the back, but if they can obviously solidify, solidify that defense, then they could sort of you know be in for a couple more points in, in recent games because they they have. They have scored in, you know, two occasions in both those two games. So they've scored four all up in the first two games, despite conceded the league high with seven goals. So, um, yeah, obviously they just need to tighten things at the back and they they might be able to pick a few more results.
0: Yeah. And what are you thinking for a prediction here in this game?
1: Look, I I really like Coromel. I think there is sort of very good football in patches that they can can sort of show and against the South Coast United side, you know, back-to-back losses, I think this is the perfect week for them to, you know, kickstart their campaign and, and get on the board.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I just feel that I am going to say a draw here for this game because I was really impressed with South Coast United for large parts of that game against Coniston. And I just feel if they can build on that here, you know, they may potentially have a chance of sort of getting a point here. But again, you know, but I feel that, you know, if Coramwell can can put in a performance here and sort of get their season kick started, you know, they, they probably could pick up the win. But I will just say a draw for this one. And the first game that we will discuss on Sunday, Balambi against Wollongong Olympic at Elizabeth Park. So, Bulambi, they did play their first game of the season and it was a pretty decent result, to be fair, picking up that one-all draw against one of the, one of the title favourites, Albion Park. But they are going to face another difficult task here against Wollongong Olympic this week.
1: Yeah, credits to them, definitely. I know a lot of people said they didn't have, like, the the best recruitment over the off season um, no big big notable names but they did they did sign a fair few amount of players um, but yeah definitely a big credit result for them against Albion Park who are tipped to you know win the competition so a one or a draw um, away from home is, is a massive start for them especially being you know technically a round one game for them um, since that washout and round in everyone else's round one so yeah uh, ups on there for Balmainy. And, I mean, Wollongong Olympic, they've had quite an impressive
0: start. They did pick up their, their second win of the season, a 4-1 win against Cronulla. Josh McDonald got his first goal for the club in the dying embers of the match. Uh, what are you expecting from Wollongong Olympic in this game? Because, I mean, Balambi have proven in that Albion Park result they can be quite a tricky team. Do you think if Wollongong Olympic here could perhaps pick up a win, you know, it's sort of it's another confidence booster for them in sort of their
1: title ambitions this year? Yeah, it'll be a massive, massive result for Olympic if they could get the three points in this one. And I think it all comes down to starting strong. Um, you look at their first two games and they were down, oh sorry, they were down in the first game against Buller at halftime. And then it was Neil Law in the second game against Gringella at halftime as well before they, they came back and, and ended up getting the three points in both those occasions. So if they can start very strongly and not let Bolambi sort of pick early early lead or, or a a couple of goals here or there, then they can definitely be a force to be reckoned with in recent in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think for this one here, I'm going to say a draw. Um, I just feel that the Lambie here, I think if they can get it right at the back, you know, they can certainly cause Bullongong Olympics some problems and certainly frustrate them here. So I think I'll say a draw for this one.
1: Yeah, look, Tim, um, I really like Olympic in, a lot in recent weeks. I thought they were pretty good, pretty quality in the second half in both those games in the first two rounds. So uh, I'm going to back Olympic for for three from three. And the other game on Sunday and the final
0: game that we will discuss in the Laura Mercury Premier League, Port Kembler against Albion Park White Eagles at Weatherall Park. Now Port Kembla with the other side in that four-all draw with Winuna. Jordan Nikolovsky scoring two goals for the second game in a row. I mean, it certainly has been quite a productive start for Nikolovsky this year.
1: Yeah, massive inclusion for Paul Kembler uh, and Nikoloski. He's been one of the recruitments of the of the off-season. Um, very clinical front for him. Four goals for, in two games for him, as well as um, playing his hand in a couple others as well. Um, but yeah, just let's talk about that fight back as well. They were down 4-1 in the 78th minute before bringing back to 4 all, And they could have even snapped a, a victory in the in the end too. But I want to give credits to Paul Kembler goalkeeper as well, Bryce Darnell. Um, I know we talk about how good it, uh, Port Kembla's attack is, but he actually got an assist directly from goal from the goal uh, from goalkeeper. So um, he set up the second one, which inspired the comeback. So yeah, it's very promising signs for Port Kembla.
0: Yeah, I think it is a good point that you make about the character that they have shown to to come back here, and they've all, they're also full of goals this year, eight so far. Uh, but just looking at their opponents, Albion Park, here they do have a new coach in Alvin Checkley who has taken over there. Um, the one-all draw with Belambi, for a side that we were expecting to sort of be challenging right at the top, that's probably not the result that they needed.
1: Yeah, definitely, Tim. Not the start that uh, the White Eagles would have wanted. Um, they have still got four points from their opening two games, which is you know still pretty good given the, uh, the circumstances in the competition. But um, yeah, they, they could definitely be blowing out those types of games. Uh, even that first game against Cringilla they only won 1-0. Um, you look at all the other teams that are sort of pushing for that top five, they're, they're beating teams four five, one. So um, obviously they, they might still be finding their feet, uh, getting things to click a little bit with their new signings. So uh, so it could be definitely different, different when uh, Checker League takes over and uh, gets things running uh, down in Albion Park.
0: And what are you thinking in terms of prediction here for this game?
1: Yeah, look... Um, it it's could go either way. It's, it's a very tight game, but um, I really like the character that Paul Kembler showed towards the end of the game against Winona. Um, so I'm I to actually back them to, to take the win in this one, being back at or Park. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to back uh, Paul Kembler.
0: I think I'm going to say a high-scoring draw in this one. I just feel both teams uh, do have their, their weaknesses, but also their strengths, um, especially in terms of goal scoring. And for that reason, I think I'm just going to say a draw here. And that does conclude the preview for round three of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. Nathan and I will both be back to discuss the People Care District League next. Before we do get into the District League preview, earlier this week, I spoke with Rilla coach Willie Alicon. Here's what he had to say. So uh, thanks for joining me today, Willie. Um, It has been an unbeaten start to the campaign for the side, in the league at least. What have you made of the side's performances so far? Um, yeah,
3: thanks for having me, mate. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm never shy of a word when it comes to football, so um, definitely appreciative of this. Um, yeah, look, uh, I've, I've come into, a, into an opportunity here with Wurrila Wanderers where they followed a whole heap of success after, from, from Barney King's era um, anyone who followed on from that was um, <laughs> was going to have a very, very tough task. And um, unfortunately, or, or fortunately for the experience, um, Nathan Pegler was charged with that. And um, again, he got hit with the whole COVID pandemic and all of that. He, he had a very tough gig. And um, now to follow on from that, it, it's time for a rebuild. So the whole, um, the whole pre-season... And even up until this point of the season, um, we're still sort of trying to find our feet to see what what the new players re- can really bring and what 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 we're gonna what we want to show for ourselves, so to speak. You know, that's that's what the preseason has been all about because it's it's a brand new site. If you have a look, um, it's I'd say about eighty percent of the first grade squad is brand new. So we've we've got to find the the links. We've got to find the. The relationships, all of that, and um, we're we're getting there step by step.
0: Yeah, and just on the the players that have come in this year, I guess names like Brad Jardine, former Premier League shot stopper, Javier Vando's rejoined the club. Joel Perry uh, has signed from Grand Finalist Unanderra. What sort of an impact are you looking from uh, for these type of signings? Um, look, I'll tell you now. The, my first phone call was Brad Jardine.
3: Um, I won a Grand Final with him back in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, obviously. I always keep track of my ex-teammates that are, that are still playing and 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 people that are that I always respected when I was playing. And um, yeah, he was he was my first phone call, and I think it's essential for any club or any team to to start their their build-up from their goalkeeper. So um, he's one of the most respected, one of the most well-known names in terms of men between the sticks in the Illawarra. So I was very very fortunate that. Um, that he was open to having a chat and and then ultimately wanting to be a part of the project because that's that's what we, this is this is a this is a project this is a rebuild it's um it's something that's not going to be overnight and I think he he has he's really bought into the whole the whole um, story behind it and and where we want to go so no very major asset from him his experience is invaluable he's talking at the back. And as everyone would know, his shot stopping and he, all his goalkeeping attributes uh, are a very big asset to any club. So um, I'm sure there were other clubs that were very disappointed that we landed in. But I'm very, I'm very glad that we did because um, he brings a wealth of experience and quality to the side. Um, moving on to Javier Vanda, he was a, a late acquisition. Again, somebody that I shared the pitch with for a few years in my career. Um, former Premier League Player of the Year when I played in the same team as him for Wanderers back in 2006 I believe it was Um, and I've seen him you know flourish in in different Premier League teams and and one of my good mates but you know when we cross that line and we're on the football pitch um, I'm coach he's player and we we try to work towards the same goal and you know he's um, he's probably a, a few weeks away from from full fitness but Everyone knows the quality he can bring once, once he reaches that peak level. So we're really excited to see what the next few weeks will bring with him. Obviously, nothing happens quickly. It would be nice if it did. But we know, we know what we're in for once, once he reaches that, that level that, that we know he's got. And Joel Perry, um, I actually started coaching Joel when he was uh, 14 years old. He came over to Coniston Juniors, um, a team that I took over. And um, yeah, I watched him flourish from 14 all the way through to uh, a 16 year old playing under 20s at Coniston Youth Grade. So once I, I, I finished my, my role with Coniston, he moved on to a couple of uh, Premier League gigs, I think with Tarawana. And then um, Rod Williams gave him the opportunity at Unundera to, to be a first grader. So I, I mean, any experience in first grade is invaluable, and I know the quality that he brings. Having having been his his coach for so long, um, I know that he'll he'll definitely bring some good stuff to us this year. And he's already shown glimpses of it this year, uh, and I think there's only more to come from him.
0: Yeah, and you did mention that you know you perhaps it's a new squad and there's a, there's a few sort of question marks over how it's all going to work. But are there any goals uh, heading into this season? Of course, we are now two rounds in. Yeah, look, you,
3: you, like anything in business, in life, in in football, you don't get anywhere if you don't have know where the goalposts are. So yeah, no, we definitely, we definitely have goals. And um, me personally, as a coach, I, I always want to go into a football field and, and win. That 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 goes without saying. If you're not in it to win it, you shouldn't even be competing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're at first grade level, here. so obviously you want to win every game, but. On the realistic side, um, uh, at the point of the rebuild that we're in, which is the infancy, um, we're, we're hoping to to push, you know, that that mid-table area and 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 really consolidate our place in the district league. And once these boys that have some of them who have never played first grade in their life, once these boys consolidate themselves as a first grader, really really understand the dynamics of it, really understand what it feels like to be hit by a first grader, you know, to move around and play like a first grader. Once, once they get that rhythm, I, I think uh, we can revisit the goals and say, you know what, maybe year number two will be about reaching finals. Maybe year number three will be about competing for top two. Um, but we, we reassess at the end of every year, I think. But, yeah, I think uh, an achievable goal would be to... to really consolidate a mid-table position and show that we're a team to be reckoned with.
0: Now, you do have a bit of a tricky test coming up this weekend against one of the favourites for the District League, Helensburg. How are you feeling heading into that one?
3: The the best position to be in, I think, is when you know you've got nothing to lose. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, they're, the, they're the, one of the favourites to win the league. I think they've recruited extremely... Handsomely, if you, if you know what I mean, you know, they've, they've recruited really well. They're, you know, Payne never coaches a bad side. He, he's, a, he's a good coach. He coaches good players. Um, it's you, you play what's in front of you. You know, you, you're not going to not turn up. You're not going to not, not give your best. That, that's what we're there for. We're there to live, learn and, and play as, as hard as we possibly can. And who knows? Funny things happen in football. And you just do what you can to make sure the funny things do
0: happen sometimes. Thank you for your time. No worries. And the first game that we will discuss in the District League is a game on Saturday, Shell Cove against Rule at Barrack Heights Sports Field. So Shell Cove, they picked up a massive win responding to that 2-1 defeat to Oak Flats, beating Berkeley 7-0. Mimi Yelda scoring four goals there. Nathan, that's quite an impressive result and quite a statement result as well for, for the Frat Cup finalists.
1: Yeah, big statement from Shell Cove. Um, I know their aspirations are definitely top five football and, and they're looking towards then then already. Um, you know, seven goals against a Berkeley side um, who were down to 10 men early in the first half. But I mean, you look at other games where the team's been down to 10 men, they've actually done better. So credits to Shell Cove and, and the credits to their start to their season that they've had um, You know, after the Fraternity Club Cup uh, they made the final against Bulleye. Obviously, not the result they would have wanted, but they've bounced back from that and, and really started the league um, how they've wanted to. Um, and it was a tight loss to Oak Flats, who were the best team in the competition last year. So, um, obviously, just a minor little setback. But yeah, heading into this weekend, they'll be full of confidence.
0: Yeah, and their opponents, the rule they did earn their first win of the season in the Burt Bampton Cup, that 3 1 victory against Fern Hill. However, they are yet to win in the league this year, that two-one defeat to, to Unendera. it's probably going to be a difficult task for the rule here.
1: Yeah, it's a massive upward battle for the Thunder. Um obviously 0 for 2 in the first two games. Uh, it was a 2-1 defeat to Unendera, who, you know, are pushing for the title. So they could probably take some positives out of that one being so close in that game. And and I should mention as well that these two teams did play in the, the quarterfinals of the the Frat Cup in preseason. It did finish four all. So a high scoring affair uh, that ended level but Shell Cove won on penalties so you know it could go either way um, obviously through all haven't had the best start in the, in the league whereas Shell Cove have had a subpar one as well so yeah you know it could go either way so it'll be an interesting one to to watch in uh, down in Shell Cove.
0: Yeah I think I will back Shell Cove to, to win in this one I just feel that that 7-0 win against Berkeley is really the game that they needed to sort of kickstart their league campaign and I think the rule at this stage, you know, that the two defeats in a row, and I just think that Shell Cove, the form that they are in, coming off that big win, it should be enough to see them over the line
1: here. 100% agree with you, Tim. 7-0 um, is is an impressive feat for no matter what uh, team you even against uh, 10 men as well. But um, obviously, they're taking very a lot of positives out of that one, a lot of confidence as well, and they're going to build that momentum. So they, I'll, I'll tip them to beat the rule as well.
0: Moving on to the next game on Saturday, Berkeley against University. So Berkeley, they, they started the season so well, that 2-0 win against the rule. But Nathan, you'd think they'd be pretty disappointed with that 7-0 defeat to Shelcove.
1: Yeah, it's probably um, not the best start they would have wanted um, after that win against the rule. Uh, massive wraps to for them for, for getting that victory as well. It's a, it's a great way to start the season, but not a great way to follow it up. 7-0 um, against you know a top side. You, you should be really competing with those games. And we did mention before that they did get a red card, but that, that's sort of no excuse to say you know, seven goals against. Um um, they, those two teams did play each other again on uh, Easter Monday as well for a burt Bentham Cup fixture. Um, and it was only 2-0 to Shell Cove then, so yeah, probably just the, one of those days for Berkeley. Um, so yeah, obviously they'll be wanting to fix that one up there and, and looking into this weekend.
0: You'd think it'd be pretty difficult for them this weekend coming up against the University side who just picked up you know, a really impressive win against Oak Flats.
1: Yeah, massive result for them. Um, we've talked about university in recent seasons, not really being able to, to um, pick up those points against those teams above them on the table or will potentially usually finishing above them on the table. But, um, you know, very impressive second half display after being down 2-1 at half time. Um, it was a Christopher Twig brace that got them the win in that one as well. So um, yeah, very, very positive things to come for university as well. And what are
0: you thinking in terms of prediction in this game?
1: Look, I can't go uh, past uni, um, getting another win in this one. I just think, you know, after last weekend, they're on a high, a bit of momentum going into this one as well. They'll be looking back on that Oak Flats game and be like, um, if they can, you know, pick it apart uh, the Falcons in the second half, then they sort of can do it against anyone. So um, I'm going to back to students. I I think I'll back a
0: draw in this one. I just feel that Berkeley do have the potential to be a bit of a tricky side uh, in this competition here. And I, I think they'll show that here against university. Moving on to the next game on Saturday, Balgownie against Unendera. So, Balgownie, they, they did go down 4-0 in Helensburg's first game of the campaign, but in midweek, they did also beat Rilla. Christopher Hollingshead netting a hat-trick in that one. Uh, Nathan, what have you made of Balgownie so far? Because I, they've had sort of a, a few mixed results. That that defeat against Helensburg, you could say was it was perhaps expected, considering the quality of uh, Helensburg this year.
1: Yeah, it's a big mixed bag of results for, for the Rangers. Um, obviously, they, they got out to a, a brilliant start with that win of Kayama and then sort of backed it up with the poor first-half performance against Helensburg. But uh, I will add it was 4-0 at half-time to the Thistle before uh, no second-half goals. So, Bakayani sort of stuck it to him in the second half. So, you know, take positives out of that one as well uh, in that second 45. And then even more positives with that uh, victory over Arilla as well. And, and Hollingshead, uh, definitely, what a what a Another great performance from him. So if they can keep him firing, then yeah, they'll they'll definitely be able to pick a few more results during throughout the season.
0: And looking at their opponents, the Hearts in this one, they did get their campaign off to the start. They would have wanted uh, edging past the rule two one here. Do you think that this game against Balgowni might be a bit routine for them, or do you think that Balgowni could perhaps shock a few here and and sort of put in a bit of a performance?
1: Yeah, look, definitely, I think Balgowne can put in a good performance. But I feel like the quality of Unandera sort of out, outweighs that. Um, you know, they've been quality over the last two seasons and, and obviously showing that they made the grand final last year, that they can play you know, play football when they want to. And, and they are very strong and quality sides. So um, that's why I'm going to back them as well, Tim. Um, I just think, you know, given uh, you know, their recent results and, and form, uh, Unandera are going to come away with a win.
0: I think I'll also say Unendera to to pick up the points in this one. I just feel that they are such a strong side uh, in the division, and I think that Balgownie here may have have a tough day out. Looking at the next game on Saturday, Oak Flats against Picton at Keith Bond Ovals. So the Falcons, they did have that 4-2 defeat to university. Uh, However, Ben Karic did get his first goal of the season. Nathan, how do you think Oak Flats are going to approach this game here against a Picton side that really haven't had the best start?
1: Yeah, look, I feel like Doug Flats is just going to leave that last weekend behind them. Um, obviously, not definitely not the result they would have wanted heading down to uni. Um, but big positives for them because they did have a lot of chances throughout the game. Um, it was just uh, the university goalkeeper, Liam Stevenson, sort of keeping me out of the game in that one as well. So if they can create as many chances then um, against a Picton side, sort of lacking on confidence as well. Um, then they'll definitely be able to, to, you know, bounce back and get on the winner's circle.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the Rangers haven't had a great start. Back-to-back defeats against Rilla and Fern Hill. Are you expecting another tricky game here for Picton?
1: Yeah, very tricky. If the last two weeks went um, bad enough for the Bush Pigs, it's uh, going to get even worse for them in this one. Yeah, and they do go to Keith Bond Oval um, after last year's Round 10 where they uh, Oak Flats came away with a 4-0 win. So it's going to be on the back of their mind as well for Picton. But it's going to be a massive game and, and could basically uh, sort of make or make or break where these next few weeks are headed. If they can, you know, nab a point here, then they might build on some confidence and go from there. But if not, it'll be open 3 and worrying signs to come for Picton.
0: I think I will back the favourites here, Oak Flats, to to pick up the win. I just feel that they are such a strong side this year. And I think that they will be looking to bounce back from that defeat to uni. And I think Picton at the moment, they are a little bit vulnerable losing all their games so far this year.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you there with going with Oak Flats. Um, just, you know, I think the quality that they show back at home as well is just, just always good. But uh, yeah, obviously Picton not wanting the start that they wanted compared to last year where they went six games from six wins. Um, so yeah, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Oak Flats. And looking
0: at the final game on Saturday,
1: Marilla against
0: helensburg
1: at King Mickey
0: Park. So Marilla, they had the one-all draw uh, with Kymer after the 2-1 win against Picton the week before. Now the wonder is they have already equaled their points tally from last year, uh, and it does see them unbeaten in the division after two games. It's been quite a promising start from Marilla here, Nathan
1: yeah like um it's been very promising actually um they picked up a few recruitments over the off season so obviously they they're playing their part well in the team already so um, great start for them yeah, that 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 winner gets picked in was a big uh, big three points and yeah, that one-all draw with Kayama showing that they can sort of, you know, stick it out as well against uh, other teams too. So um, they did play a Burt Benton Cup fixture on Monday uh, as well. Uh, they went down 4 nil to Valgiani in that one too, but it, you can't really sort of show that the Burt Benton Cup, you know, players were rested, uh, those sort of things. But yeah, a massive test for him this weekend against, you know, virtually the best team in the competition in, in Helensburg. And um, if they can sort of stick it to them and, and, you know, play a decent brand of football that they that they have been in the last couple of weeks, and they, then they can sort of turn a few heads and say that, you know, they're a team not to be messed with.
0: Yeah, and just looking at the thistle here, they definitely started the season the way they would have wanted to, that 4-0 win uh, against gowney And you'd suggest that they would definitely be looking to make it two from two here.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, I think this is just bread and butter for Helensburg. They like playing against the lower teams and really punishing them. Uh, hence, you know, that four win last weekend against Balgownie, Um Very comprehensive first half. Uh, obviously, Andrew Payne wouldn't have liked their second half to, uh, you know, go uh, goalless after four goals in the first half. So he'll be wanting to fix that up and making him sort of close out the game because if they don't score four goals in the first half and it's a real, you know, different ball game from there. So, um, but, I mean, yeah, as we said, we, we knew Helensburg were going to be such an attacking prowess football team. So, and they've shown it just in the, the first week. And what are you thinking
0: here in terms of prediction, Helensburg, to pick up the win?
1: Yeah, I don't think you can go past it, Tim, just with their quality.
0: Yeah, I think I'll agree with you on this one, but I do think that if we' really you know can put in a performance here, that that might be a bit of a statement uh, result for them if they are able to pick up a draw or something like that because if you're picking up results against the top sides, that really sends a message to, to the rest of the league that you you know maybe maybe they could perhaps uh, finish higher up in the table than some might expect. Moving on to the final game of the district league round three and the only game on Sunday, Fernhill against Kayama at Ray Robinson Field. So uh, Fernhill, they did pick up a win last round after that 3 all draw with University. Daniel Djukic picking up a brace for the Foxes. So Nathan, w- what do you make of the Foxes' start this year, especially in comparison to last year, where perhaps they didn't have the best of beginnings?
1: Yeah, massive improvements for the Foxes. Uh, Dale White obviously fixing things up uh, from last season. We all know how that went. Uh, two games and conceding 10 goals in that time to... You know, picking up four points from a possible six and scoring six in that time as well. So uh, definitely improvements there, and, and credits to to Dale uh, Dale White for that one. And he's got a very good attacking side on display for him. You know, Mitchell Turner coming back to the club, and Will Robertson, as you mentioned, uh, Daniel Jukic picking up a brace as well. So um, positive signs to come for the Foxes.
0: And looking at their opponents, the quarry is here now. They are still yet to win. Uh, the one all draw with Barilla, perhaps a positive result for them, considering they, they did have the defeat in round one here. Uh, how do you think they're going to go in this game?
1: Yeah, look, um, we talk about them not having the best of starts, but uh, that Balgowni game, I reckon they were unlucky to not come away with the win. And, you know, picking up a draw against Ribrilla, it's it's just another positive thing for them as well. Um, Looking forward, they're going to build momentum from there. Obviously, a point is you know massive against a team sort of that could be around you come season's end. So, you know, big test for him this weekend against a uh, fernhill side sort of massive on building confidence as well. Um, but they did this teams did play each other last year in round one where Kaima did get a three nil win. So. Um, but I I feel like the Foxes, given their sort of track record over the last few weeks, they're, they're going to come away with the win in this one, I believe.
0: I think I'll agree with you on that one here. I just feel that Fern Hill, especially the fact that they've scored six goals in two games as well, I think that'll just be enough to see them over the line in this one. And that does conclude the preview for the People Care District League for round three. Nathan, thank you for joining me once again.
1: No worries, Tim. Pleasure to be here.
0: We will now move on to the Women's Division 1 where we will see the second round of fixtures all played on Sunday. University Yellow will take on Rilla at Koolabong Oval. University White will be in action in the later kickoff at Koolabong as they take on Wollongong United. Kaima will play host to South Coast Flame at Kayama Sporting Complex. Thoreau will play Fern Hill at Thomas Gibson Park and Wununa will travel to face Albion Park at Terry Reserve. Alison Din spoke with Albion Park's new goalkeeper, Meg Blanche, ahead of the match this weekend.
4: Thanks for joining me today, Meg. So I think what we'll begin with is the Body Elastic Cup that went on during pre-season. Um, unfortunately, your team lost in penalties in the grand final <laughs> against university. Uh, but what did you make of the, uni- the university side and all the other teams during that cup?
5: Well, I didn't play in the body last year. This year, didn't get a chance to, as I was away. But from what I heard, the girls said that um, uni's pretty well. I mean, they're kind of the same every year. So, um, they did all right. But, yeah, our, our team had a, few, um, <clears throat> we had a few youth grade players in. So, we had, like, about maybe five or six players out. So, we weren't as strong. Um, but I think getting into the finals, we did a pretty good job. But, yeah, uni um, were, I think, just with having the youth graders there were a bit more sort of skilled and, um, yeah, held us out a bit longer than what they would normally. Um, but, yeah, as far as Harvey and Park goes, we um, had, yeah, a few young girls, so it was a bit hard. To, it's a bit hard to say how they sort of played when we weren't sort of our, our full strength side, I suppose. But, yeah, we'll see how the, how the rest of the comp goes.
4: Yeah, now I'm aware that this is your first year with Albion Park, coming from a season last year with Kayama. Uh Now, as Albion Park's new goalkeeper, how are you going with gluing into your new squad?
5: Oh, the girls are awesome. It's been, it's been so easy. But I've, I've been really good friends with the, um, a lot of girls. Like Britt and me have been close for a few years now. And we've been saying it for so long that I'm going to go over there. But last year, I actually had last year off. Um, I, was, it, I was sort of battling some injuries, so I thought, well, I just had a year off, and COVID kind of helped that. Um, and coming out of a bad season with Kyama, I thought you get to have a year off just to <clears throat> start again. And then, yeah, again to, uh, to Albion Park, and it's been it's been awesome. The girls are so, yeah, so easy to gel with, and the teams, they're just so positive. And, yeah, I can't see, well, um, it hasn't been hard to fit in at all. It's been yeah. Really good.
4: And in round one, Albion Park actually had a bye. So this Sunday is your first match at your home turf against Winoona. Uh, who actually came fourth last season. So, tell me what you're expecting from this one side.
5: Well, from all accounts, they're the only team that beat Albion Park last year, from what I've heard. So, well, they beat them one of the rounds. I'm not sure which it was the first or second. So, it'd be good to get a, to get up and be, like, to play them again this year and sort of see how we go. But they're always a really, really strong side, super fit, um, and they've got some good players in their squad. So, it should be, should be an interesting game. Looking forward to it.
4: And lastly, uh, this year, your team will be competing for their eighth championship title in a row. Uh, and this is such an achievement. It obviously shows how strong your team is. But who else in the competition will you be keeping a close eye on?
5: Um, I was speaking to Britt um, about this one today. She reckons that Harbour, they're sort of a new. They weren't in the, t- the comp last year, were they? No, no. No. Yeah, so sure, they reckon she reckons that she Harbour is going to be um, – because they're really young and they're aggressive and fit. So they should be a team to watch out for and she reckons um, South Co- uh, the South Coast Flames side as well, same sort of reason, they're young, fit and ready to go. So I reckon that those two squads might be something, might be the teams to watch out for this year. They might, is it top six this year, so it should be, I reckon they'll be up there, definitely.
4: Yeah, and how did you guys go on your, the week of the bye? Uh, did you guys do any preparation for the season?
5: Yeah, we've been doing, so we've been training Tuesdays and Thursdays and then um, the girls, we've been doing a Wednesday session at um, Play Essential of of a Wednesday. So we've been doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I've picked up a Friday goalkeeping session um, at Berry Meadow or something. So I'm starting that this Friday. So we've been training quite a fair bit and um, yeah. Cube uh the girl i haven't been involved in it but they've had a few parties and a few bonding sessions which they've been pretty wild so um yeah it's a lot of training and yeah just a lot of talk about the upcoming few games so it should be should be interesting is all i can say
4: yep awesome well thank you very much for your time meg and best of luck throughout the season thanks
0: allison That concludes the Football South Coast Weekly for this week. Make sure to follow Football South Coast on Twitter at FSC underscore official for live updates on the biggest matches across Illawarra football, as well as notifications regarding match reports, previews, reviews and feature articles. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. My name is Timothy Gibson. Thank you for listening.